because I spent so many hours the past year parked on parked outside the temple I would sit on the grass for hours and like read my scriptures and I would watch people come out of the temple there was one time I watched this couple like come out and they just got married like they're Mm -hmm. sealed forever and that's all I want for myself and I was so mad like that's so horrible to say but I I just like a pit in my stomach like I was like I'm never gonna experience that and I was like I have so much joy from the gospel I'm not gonna get the one thing that I need to like be in the celestial kingdom and to have an eternal family and even just like take these covenants on for myself so that I can you know be the best that I can and so I had a lot of resentment in my heart for the temple and then after talking to Bishop Semmel I was like okay I really can do this so I really really need to just figure this out and so the past six months has been like a mental health struggle because like that's the only thing holding you back it was the only thing holding me back and I know that like Satan knows my weaknesses I talk about that all the time like that's how he gets to me and so then I finally like was back on track and then December came like this is a month ago and I just like crash like like bad and so my mental's like bad and I'm self-harming again and I was like oh my gosh I just worked all this time to like get through the temple I had just got my temple recommend back the night I got my temple recommend I like went insane like I haven't even told the story like well it was only four weeks ago like I went like insane like wanting to die mm-hmm. and so i'm like self-harming and i go upstairs to my mom and i'm like mom i need help and this was she's so scared she's like calling 911. she's like i don't know what to do she like is saying she needs help like i needed medicine is what i needed and i knew that i wanted to die and so i knew that i was so close and satan was working like so hard because I know how much I love the gospel and how much I want to share the gospel. Satan doesn't want me to do that. He doesn't. He didn't want me to go through the temple. He doesn't want me to sit here and talk to you guys about all the great things that come from the gospel. And so, like, it was kind of like a last-ditch effort, effort from him, it felt like, to, like, hmm. bring me down. And, I was and a just, valiant one, too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and I was just so determined to, like, not let that happen. And um, I realized, like, Satan doesn't have a body. And so, like, it probably is so great for him to see me degrade my body and cut my body and burn my body that, you know, my Heavenly Father blessed me with. So I go up to my mom, and I'm like, I need help. I'm blowing my eyes out. My sister's, like, holding me on the couch. And, like, they're, like, freaked out because they could tell that I was off, but they had never seen me break down like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, my mom is, like, calls 911, and there's, like, a three-hour wait for the ER up in Salt Lake. And so they're like, take her to the West Jordan Clinic, like the University of Utah Clinic. So we're driving there, and I'm just, like, numb. Like, I legit just want to die. And so we're driving there. It's, like, 1130 at night. Like pitch black, no cars on the road. And I'm just, like, looking out the window. Like, my mom is super – like, she's not saying anything, but I can – I can't even imagine what that feels like as a mother and what I put her through. And – so, like, I look up, and, like, the Ochre Mountain Temples, I've, I've probably driven past it so many times. It's the Hidden Gem Temple of Utah. Yeah. Honestly, nobody really knows about it's, it. It's <laughs> beautiful. It's a beautiful temple. I'd never seen And so I knew I wanted to go through the temple, but I just thought I would go through in Draper because that's basically where I live. And I saw the temple, and something about that temple, like, if you've driven past that at night, it glows in the dark. Like, it's insane. And it was kind of up on a hill, and, like, that's all I could see the whole time we were driving. And I'm like, Kay, like, this isn't for nothing. Like, this sucks. I knew I was about to spend the whole night in the hospital. But I knew that it wasn't for nothing because I knew that, like, okay, I'm going to get there still. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I end up spending the whole... little beacon of hope. Yeah, still spend the whole night in the emergency room. They call it, like, a crisis evaluation. And, yeah. 
you know, I was meeting with psychiatrists and social workers and the next day I had to meet with an emergency like psychiatrist and get medicine. And it's an, still an ordeal. Still got to refill my prescription this week, you know? And yeah. so it's like, then, so that was December 6th or 7th. And then I went through the temple on 17th and it was the first time it felt like when I said that prayer in my dorm room that one night and I felt like peace. So I went through the temple and I was just sitting there in the celestial room and it's like my parents and my cousins and my best friends and I just look around and I was like this is like it's all worth it like to have an eternity with the people that I love like I never want to lose my life again mm. like and it makes me want to cry now cause like I've never felt love like that like and I felt love from Heavenly Father but sitting in the temple and being in the celestial room and I went by myself this week one day like having that safe space to pour out my heart to the only person that knows what I'm feeling because he has felt it. I've said it so many times before, like two people in the exact same environment can go through the exact same thing, feel completely different, respond to it differently. No one knows what I feel, no matter how many details I give, they can, you know, maybe empathize. And there's a lot of people that have been through horrible things just like me, (laughs) but like, Christ is my best friend because, like, he knows those feelings, like, for real, for real. So when I'm in the celestial room and I'm, it was so embarrassing. I was, like, crying so much in the temple this week. And I was, like, I need help. <laughs> like, I, I still struggle, but it's, like, I have the perfect place to go for help. And so I think that's, like, why my life is so different now is because all I want is for everyone to experience that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've surrounded myself with the people that support me in that, but all I want now is to share the gospel. Like, I've done all the the dirty work, and, you know, a lot of people in my situation would have not thrived. Yeah. And it definitely took, like, hello, I fell down so many times, like, trying to get here. (laughs) It's been since early 2019, you know, that this has been a long journey. And and I go into this new year, I'm like, wow, this has been a long time. I'm like, (laughs) am I really making progress? Like, it just seems like it's taking forever. But the missionary experiences I've had because I've decided I'm very smart with my words. Like I've been a brat my whole life. Like <laughs> just I'm a, just a smart, a smart aleck. And so like I decided, though, like words can be the worst thing in the world or you can use them for good. And so that's why my social media now I'm like the Jesus freak girl, because I'm like, <laughs> listen, like. There's no better title than the Jesus Freak Girl. <laughs> That's the name. That should be the name of the episode, the Jesus Freak Girl. <laughs> because literally, it's just like, I, I taught Relief Society for the first time, like, early spring last year because someone had seen my video, and so they asked me to teach. And after that, like, I, this is not like a bragging about me thing, but I can't even say how many people came up and said, yeah. like, it's so nice to see someone that is vulnerable about, like, sins and mental health and you know i'm standing up there i'm like tatted up like i'm wearing a dress and like my whole leg tattoo is showing and like i have piercings and i'm like listen this is just me yeah but i know that yours is true like just using my social media has been so amazing because people realize like you you can be who you are and still be a great member of the church yeah and that's not saying you know you should be comfortable living in sin but like we weren't given the atonement to never have to use it. We weren't given a savior for him not to have to save us. You know, like there's so much in this world that we're going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I feel like I've been given every bad card in the book, but I'm sure life would just get worse. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, I'm in a lot better space now, but it's like, I want everyone to be able to have the tools that I wish that I knew I had. It wasn't that they weren't there. It's not like, oh, I wish I had this back in the day. I didn't know. And so if I have this platform where I have, you know, 20,000 followers on TikTok and I don't even know how many on Instagram, I don't be checking, but it's like, if I can even help one person realize what I wish that I, I knew back then, yeah, like it's all worth it. And I already know there's been at least one person. And yeah. so it's like any opportunity I have to share the gospel, I'm like, okay, are you guys ready? Because you guys Jesus better freak girls coming on. Jesus freak girls coming on, and y'all better buckle up because it's a lot. So um, go. Oh, okay, I was I was just I wanted to ask about the work. You said you did the dirty work, right? Repentance is work. <laughs> and it, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Being it does. No, it's being, so hard. being in recovery and, and healing the healing journey is is work. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask what is what is the work what did the work look like during that year where you were actively trying mm-hmm. to become clean enough to enter the temple? And two, what does the work look like for you now? The work then was a lot of loss. Loss of people, loss of habits, loss of addictions. That's and so like sacrifice. Yes, that's a better word. That doesn't sound as like sad. <laughs> there was a lot of people. It's so funny I taught Relief Society today because this was like I knew I was coming here, so like if it seems repetitive, sorry. But um, I wasn't there. It's okay. But something, can... yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is for the priesthood holders in the room. <laughs> um, but I realized I've said this before on social media, but um, not everybody in your life has to give you everything. So. I used to want to keep my circle tight and have like three or four friends that like I can go to for anything I need and any time of day I can call. Like, that's a great goal to have, but let's be realistic. That doesn't happen. You maybe get one of those in your life and half the time it's your mom. And um, <laughs> I have a great mom, so maybe I'm just like... <laughs> Thank goodness for moms. Yeah. But um, honestly, it's like I had to lose a lot of friends, but it wasn't lose like I'm going to cut them off. It was like, okay, I know that when I'm out with this group of friends, I can go and have fun and not have to talk about serious things and trauma. I don't even want to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I have friends that I just go to the gym with, never see them outside the gym. We don't even have the time plan to go. It's just like, hey, like when I'm here. And then I have church friends, and it's like we can talk about gospel topics, and we can sit in the celestial room together and, and read scripture. And I have other friends that it's kind of a mix of all that. And then I have one friend who has been here. Her name's Ellie. Like, she's been here through it all. And so she knows every detail of everything. So, like, we go out and we have fun. Because, you know, that's what we were doing back in the day. But then also, like, she knows the struggles that I've been through. She's been there for me through every relationship I've ever been in every mm. and everything in between, you know. And so, like, when I say loss and, and sacrifice, it was just I don't need every person to give me everything. Yeah. And I think that was because I realized that I was putting my trust in the Lord. I was like. I really don't need anyone else. It's just kind of like a plus, you know, like having friends is a plus, but my validation doesn't come from outside people. Like my confidence doesn't come from outside people or their opinions for me. Like I know me and the Lord, we're like this. So I'm like anything else. What, what did the, I want to ask, what did the daily look like for you? Like what, what were the daily things that you did in your repentance and recovery process? Mm -hmm. Um, so I was still in school at the time I was in my program at a trade school. Um, so I would just like kind of go to school and that's when I really got into the gym. 
because I was like, I need another outlet Let's besides go. drugs. <laughs> I'm all I'm all for that. Fitness. Yeah, I was like, yeah. um, this is it. <laughs> That's, that like, is me too. That like, is this isn't working. <laughs> and so I started using social media to talk about the gym because I was and like a lot of that, like when I talked about being like hypersexual after sexual assault, like that was my new way of like controlling my body in a healthy way. So mm-hmm. like a lot of that work was like, yeah, I can't just go out and have meaningless sex. So like, what can I do to feel like I have control of my body? You can just destroy yourself in the gym. Exactly. That's- and like, there was a lot of failing and a lot of succeeding in the gym, but all of that, like, even when you fail, you learn what your body can't do, which tells you everything that it can, you know? And so like things like that, I would just work out a lot and I would post a lot on social media, but on my own time, like besides doing my daily activities, like I just read like crazy, like not really my scriptures though. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. So scriptures what, just don't really speak to me like that. I'm working <laughs> on it. I really am. So I what, what did you read? Day. What, what did speak to you? Um, there's this, I'm trying to remember what the book is called. It's one of my favorite books. So now this is going to seem so awkward that I can't remember what it's no, called. No, you're good. I'm going to look right now. Is it more like self-help books? Yes, but they're put out by the church. Yeah. So um, the one is called... Because I want everyone to read it. Is it The Divine Gift of Forgiveness? Yep. You've talked about it. That is it! (laughs) You know the crazy story. So like, and that and like Parables of Jesus I love. Um, That's another good one because parables are like... Sometimes you read them and you're like, what the heck's going on? (laughs) It just makes it... I just... I love reading the books that the church puts out because it's like basically what you would learn in the scriptures but it just feels more personal and more you don't relevant. have to figure out the symbolism yeah like yeah. maybe that would be good for me and like a little critical thinking Dude, but bishop's upstairs right now he could come down right now and give an hour-long speech on the divine gift of forgiveness he, no, it's he the loves, loves that, that book, book. Yeah, yeah i have that, that book, book like charked full of notes chock full of notes like that book changed my life too. it's the it's... craziest story so i'm an esthetician so this this girl comes in for a facial and um she had just been released from her mission that morning so she is in mission mode. And I'm like, Jesus freak girl. I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, okay, we can relate. So I'm reading her facial. Normally people are knocked out. I'm good at my job, y'all. So like, normally people are like, but um, so we're like, just like talking like about the church. And um, it was before I had been through the temple. And so I was explaining to her like how bad I want to go through the temple, how much I want to like experience those things. And like, I knew that that's what I needed for my mental. And she was like, I have this book that I read. And you should read it because I just was telling her how I couldn't forgive myself for certain things. Mm-hmm. And basically the whole book is about letting yourself, letting yourself be saved basically yes. by a savior. Um, yes. It's an amazing book. And so allowing mercy. Yeah. And so she leaves and I'm, we like get each other's Instagram and um, I invited her to some ward stuff. And then like two hours later, like the front door opens and I hear this girl run in. She went and bought that book. And she brings it to me at work and she has this whole note written in it. She was like, you need this. I love you so much. We had just met that morning. And so she brings me the book, read it in like a week. Cause I like stop and like write every note on every page and post it on my Instagram. And that book changed my life. And she is now one of my favorite people in the world. Mm. We're doing a session together soon in the temple. Yes. Like she would have been there except she was out of town when I went through, but I just read a lot. And, yeah. um, well, if anybody needs yeah. some help, let's just do a quick shout out for that book, The Divine Gift of Forgiveness, Neil L. Anderson. It's in my yeah. car right now. <laughs> I think it's in mine too. It's in my work bag because like I read it, but like, you know, even when you read the scriptures, it's like you can read it one day and you can read it again the next and you'll find something completely different for that sure. stands out. 
that book when i would sit outside the temple and read that i was like wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay we're gonna make it happen yeah there was there was a part in that book it's probably in the first like third and it talks about when you realize when you commit yourself to god and you let him know that like i'm here for the long haul this is for real like the amount of responsibilities and I guess more opportunities that open up to you is insane. And like, that's exactly how my life has felt the past few months. It's like, he knows I'm for real. Everybody knows I'm about it. (laughs) And so it's like, I have every opportunity now to share it. And like, it puts a lot of responsibility, you know? Yeah. I'm really scared to mess up. And I'm really scared. There's a lot of people who have come up to me and told me how much your story has helped them. And I'm like, okay, if I mess up, like, not that it's my responsibility to take care of their testimony, but I was like, it's a lot of responsibility and you know there are still times that i just still struggle and mine is like all mental now i'm like i don't want to slip up i don't want to struggle with those things ever again but i know i probably will but also like i have to take myself out of it and realize like if god can be so merciful with the huge sins like drinking and having sex like he can be merciful when he knows that it's just the struggles of my heart and my head like i'm not exempt to the blessings of the lord because i'm not a perfect person yeah like literally the whole point of coming to earth is to be saved like well that's not the whole point you know but that's a different to test us for sure yeah but it's like that's exactly what i'm here for so all the things i thought i wanted once upon a time if i was in those situations now i would not be happy if i was in those relationships if i was married to that person i was supposed to be married with right now (laughs) heck no and you know he ended up marrying his wife you know and (laughs) it's like yeah he wouldn't have been with her because he would have been with me so it's there's so much in this life to be unsure of But, like, you know, everyone says everything happens for a reason. You know, everything happens in God's timing. And it's the hardest thing in the world to remember. I literally tattooed it on myself so that I would remember. (laughs) I don't know if that's doctrine. (laughs) (laughs) Literally tattooed it on myself as a reminder. But, like, it is so hard to actually do. Yeah. But I just know that, like, when you live your life with faith, like, you open yourself to every blessing from heaven. Like, that's the one thing that I... I think through all of this that like I guess I could say like is my takeaway is just faith mm-hmm. and just realizing that your personal whatever maybe that's a personal struggle personal revelation personal whatever it's you and it's so easy to compare in the church and I think especially in Utah that's like the hardest thing ever but I always say like I feel like mercy I don't know mercy is a hard word because it makes you feel like you're doing something so wrong but the thing that is so great about God is he is so merciful. And so it's like you bring everything you have and he meets you. And, you know, I may meet him here. You may meet him there. He'll still come right here or right here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It literally does not matter. And some days I, some days my 100% is like all the way up here. And sometimes it's down here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the middle of the day, it's like just jumping around. But he always meets you. And so that's, the, that's where the faith comes in. It's a lot of blind faith. And it's the type of faith that it's so scary yeah like it's so easy to have faith when life is great and like you can see all the blessings but when you're at that rock bottom and you can't pull yourself out to see all the good and everything around you faith is literally the only thing that i have that's beautiful um the so rachel aside from her fitness and church tiktoks she sings incredibly (laughs) and how did you know that yeah i didn't know um, that actually and she has there's this one song and I don't even think you know this, but I think <laughs> yeah, I'm I, pl- like, what? I think I play this song anytime I'm in like a 
like I can't do this anymore. I always play this like one reel of yours, oh, and it says, um, well, like the first part, it's it's very beautiful. But there's this one line. It says, "Just trying to recover so one day I can be a good mother, like the woman who raised me to be all I can be." And I think I go to that quote maybe like ten times a day, because just hearing your story and hearing like all the things that you went through and the fight that you're fighting so that you can recover so that you can be a great mother for your kids for your friends for you can just become and and that's that's what Christ is he is the person there so that you can become and i think I don't know. That's I'm always just. Cry, I feel like people be skipping over those. Videos. No, that it, it really yeah. is true. Yeah, I'm going to cry too line. because Bray's finally quoting music. Like <laughs> the rest of us have been doing for the last six months. Uh, <laughs> no one has, so no one has ever quoted my music to me ever. Really? So, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I think all your views made, are me. My day. <laughs> because I, I mean, for, for somebody who has gone through similar things as you, um, sexual assault drinking smoke and all those things you feel you're at this point where it's like well god will never forgive me and i'll never be a person that i want to be and in reality if i didn't do it for anyone i did it for christ and i did it for my future kids even though they don't exist yet um because they're watching them (laughs) they are because it's true you can become through christ and what better way to become a better version of yourself than it is to give to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And like your mother and like my mother and your mom, they give you everything. And so I don't know that that's a weird <laughs> tangent, but the entire time you're talking, I was like, I don't know. It's just I'm going to go look at this song. I love, that some, is, I love me some Christian that's music. That's so crazy. You just quoted that. Cause like, <laughs> First of all, no one's ever. I'm sitting here like my head's getting a little big. I need to like. I'm like, wow, someone actually listened to it. That's mine and Bray's job. But when I was when I was writing that song, um, I was thinking about my mom because I told you like um, I didn't tell her for a long time. I wasn't even the one that told her what happened. Like I had a um, my boyfriend at the time tell her because I was Mm -hmm. like I was really distant from her um, just because I didn't I didn't want her to know how bad I was struggling. So she called me one day. She was like, I know you're not good. Like, why can't you just talk to me? So I had my ex tell her what happened just because I couldn't get myself to. I knew she would be heartbroken. Yeah. And so I knew that, like, I couldn't tell her. And so she was the one that got me in therapy. She was like, listen, we just need to get you help. She's like, like, she was such an amazing woman. And, you know, throughout all of this, my parents have been a constant reminder of what happens when you just stick true to the gospel. And so I was writing that song, and it's when I talk about recovering, it's like recovering from substance abuse. It's recovering from sexual assault. It's recovering from the things that I don't let myself, I don't let myself fix. Yeah. Because the thing about sorrow that's weird is it is comfortable in a weird sense. Like, because you know how much work it is to fix, sometimes it, it, it feels easier to to just sit in your sorrows and be upset. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. And so I was like, I'm trying to recover so one day I can be a good mother. And I think about, I was thinking about obviously my mom, because I said like the woman who raised me to be all I can be. And then I think about my mom was able to do that for me and she didn't go through any of the things that I have. And like, humbly speaking, like I know because of what I went through, what I can give my kids is completely on a different level than a lot of people. 
and it really sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It sucks in a, a it sucks in a really good way. And it's again that responsibility mm-hmm. where it's like turning your life to the Lord. Like you realize how much responsibility and how much weight that holds. But at the same time, like realizing the magnitude that the Lord trusts me to be the one to deal with it, it's like that is completely worth it. Because like I said, a lot of people in my position would be anti anti Mormon. They would be ex Mormon or whatever the heck it's called. I would be using my my platform to post about how horrible the church is or how weird things are in the temple. The thing about social media, nothing positive gets traction. Yeah. You know? Mm. And if even if you think about it in like something completely unchurch related, if I see someone start a video on my for you page about a horrible experience at a restaurant, I'm gonna sit there and listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I want all the drama, I wanna hear about it. Why was the food bad? What did your server do? But if someone is like, I went to this restaurant, it's really good, I'm like good for you you know like (laughs) we do it without even realizing it like positive things on social media don't get traction because the the adversary is so much more apparent in even little things like that than we realize Mm -hmm. and so it would have been so easy for me to post all the horrible things about the church or about a bishop that i couldn't go to or about a church member who raped me or anything of the sort and so you know I kind of just took it into my own hands to just be the person that I know people other I know other people need. Yeah, and probably the person that you want to see mm-hmm. on social media. Like, yeah. oh, I wish I had somebody like X, Y, or Z. Yeah, because there is there is so many people though that mm-hmm. like have the opportunity to do it, and so I feel like if that's something you're thinking of, like it's so awkward like to post about church stuff. I used to hate it because I'm not super knowledgeable about like church history things like that. Like I know all the bad things. Um, and you know, people remind me of them every day Mm -hmm. as a woman of color in the church and, um, it's hard. And so I didn't want to post about it because I didn't want to hear it. And I also know that like pretty much no matter what the church does, I'm here. Like I'm not a member of the church because I love the church and because they have a super great history. I'm not even here because I like half the things I hear in church from members <laughs> or even from bishops. Yeah. Like you go to you go to an older ward, the stuff that those old people be talking about, I'm like, oh my, you're just like unhinged, yeah. like just out of touch. <laughs> and like, but that's not why I'm there. Exactly. And so I go because I want to feel the spirit. I want to take the sacrament. I want to remember my covenants. And I want to share the gospel more than anything. And it's like, you just gotta you just gotta make it about you like yeah. you can be selfish in every aspect of your life but if there's one you really need to be selfish in it's your spirituality yeah i agree i think i don't go to church because i'm trying to help this person or serve in this calling or something i go to church because this is the best way i could figure out how to be closest to god mm-hmm. and that's what i'm gonna do Absolutely. every single time I wanted to ask you, Rachel, this is, a crazy. Qu- <laughs> this is a question that just popped into my head. Well, actually, when you're telling your story, but there's a verse in Alma 41, verse 10, where he says, it's him talking to, I think, his son Coriantin, mm-hmm. and he says, wickedness was never happiness. Mm-hmm. And you've used the word happy and happiness a couple of times. One, when you were going through your crap and when you've got out of it. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask, okay, first of all, I have two questions, but first I want to ask you, for you, what's what's the difference between, you know, ha- quote unquote happiness when you're going through it compared to happiness now? I think a good word would be fun. Like it's in, like when you're sinning and you're drinking and doing things like that, it's like fun, but it's not fulfilling. That's the difference. Is when I go to the temple and I come home, like I think about it and I'm in a good mood until the next time I go. Like you, when I was drinking, I would still come home and it. 
I would still be upset like that one night to the point that I, I wanted to die and so it's like those things can be fun but they don't last and you know every good thing in life you want to last you know like when mm-hmm. you get like a good meal you don't want it to end you're watching a good movie and it ends you're like crap now I gotta go drive home or whatever like everything good you want to last and all good things do last because everything good comes from the Lord mm-hmm. and that's what the difference is it's fulfilling and this and it's nothing I would ever feel shame about and it's nothing that I wouldn't want to share with a random person on the street. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. necessarily want to tell everyone, like, hey, I was just drinking. Like, I wasn't <laughs> calling my mom telling her that. But I have a good day at church or I experienced something in the temple. I'm like, mom, guess yeah. what? I just snapshot her last night when I left the temple, like, telling her how it was and calling her. It's like, you can feel when things are good. And it doesn't need to be things like going to the temple or even going to church. Like, it can be serving others in the sense that you're there for them when they need you. Yeah. Like, being as christ-like as you can in in serving them my best friend he told me don't ever lose yourself unless it's in serving god serving the lord i wanted to tattoo it on me my mom said i can't do that <laughs> um <laughs> i'm still thinking about it because it is so true like you can lose yourself in so many things and you can even lose yourself in good things but you should never lose yourself unless it's in serving the lord and that can be missionary work that can be being having your ringer on so someone can call you it can be acting on spiritual promptings yeah but that's the only thing i ever want to lose myself in well i think it's important to underline that when you're going through it happiness you get deceived sometimes with what you think happiness actually is right Mm -hmm. and it's shallow and it's and it's hollow and then when you're finally able to experience the happiness that the savior offers nothing compares i think it's just it feels so whole it's like Whole's a great word you come, for it. You come to Christ and you feel whole, but like when he comes and meets you, it's like complete. I don't know how to explain the difference yeah. between whole and complete. It's like whole, like, okay, like I feel good. And then it's like <laughs> the cup overflows like when he meets you. And it's, I think that's why I'm so like adamant about missionary work because it's like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't everyone want this? Yeah. And I think about all the people in the world that struggle with either similar things I have or worse, or even people that may feel like, oh, I don't struggle with big things like that. Like every struggle is valid and it can, even something small to someone else can affect them the way that extreme trauma did to me. Mm-hmm. Who am I to sit here and judge that? Yeah. And it's like, everybody should have the opportunity to feel this, like, and feel fulfilled and happy. Well, one of the quotes in Preach My Gospel that got me to go on a mission says, um, once you understand and live the atonement of Jesus Christ, you have the desire to share it to others. And yeah. That's exactly what you do. Yes. Every day on yes. social media. Yeah. It was hard, like, posting. I didn't want people to think, like, she's posting on social media because she wants everyone to think she is, like, doing good things. I don't do good things, and I don't live the gospel because I need someone else to tell me you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I know I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Sorry if that sounds like... Cons- like, no, I know. Yeah. I get my validation from the Lord. I already know that. <laughs> but I want other people to have that because, like, For sure. once I stopped placing my worth and validation in, like, outside sources, and that's even just, like, my friends and, like, like little things like, does this outfit look good? Like, things like that. Or should we do this tonight? Things like that. Like, all my issues I just take up with the Lord and they handle themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's brought me so much peace. I think that's the thing about the gospel is it's so much peace and comfort that like after years of feeling the way I did, that's all I want everyone to have. Yeah. And I know that like, I don't want to be like, the world would be a better place if everyone was a member of the church. 
that's a little bit corny. Yeah. And that is advantageous at best. <laughs> but it's seriously the best thing in the world. Yeah. Like, there's not a single bad thing that has happened to me because of the church. And I know that's not the same for everyone. But I know that every good thing that's happened to me has come, came because of the church. That's I love beautiful. that. So if you could, we probably just have a couple more questions for you. But if you could go back <laughs> and meet the person that you were at 18... <laughs> If you could go back and, and have a conversation with that girl, what would, what would you tell her? I would put her on the pro roll. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's actually. Cr- I don't know. I've never thought of that. How would you feel about her, first of all? <laughs> my heart would break. Honestly. Um, I would just tell her that the blessings that are waiting for her are worth living for. And there's nothing that, if I were to look at me right now then and say like, like look me in the eyes for real, not just like this is like an ambient voice in the background, like (laughs) get it together. (laughs) Like nothing you're doing right now is going to get you to what's going to make you feel loved. Mm -hmm. And because I'm able to feel the Lord's love, I'm better able to feel love from all the people around me, my parents, my friends all the people around me, I'm able to feel the spirit at all times. And so I'm able to feel everything really, really deeply. And that's something that I wish at 18 I could feel because when I was so alone, there was so many people trying to help me and be there for me. And I completely pushed them away. Mm -hmm. And I was not living with the spirit. Like that's why that time was so dark in my life because it was empty. Like not having the companionship of the Holy Ghost is the scariest feeling in the whole world. And I don't think a lot of people in church talk about it. I don't know if it's because they don't want to admit that they did something that <laughs> made that happen. But that's what was so scary. And it was it was worse than like, it's worse than like being drunk or under the influence because those things cloud your judgment. But to not even feel like you can make a clear-headed decision because you don't have the Holy Ghost, that's scary. Yeah. Because like, I was blessed with the gift of discernment. Like it's in, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, it's in my patriarchal blessing. And I completely ignored that. And so looking at 18-year-old me, I would just say, look what you do have and think about all the things that you can have because life is hard. But I, if I were to look at, if I was 18 and looking at me now, like the opposite, I wouldn't even believe where I am. And that's in terms of so many different aspects. Like I think my life is the way it is now because I've honed in on all the things like I got my physicality up and so that like obviously that helped my mental health I started going to therapy I was helping my mental and that helped my emotional but once I had my spirituality down too, like the combination like this is like the four horsemen of the apocalypse like it is just like (laughs) there is nothing better there's absolutely nothing better for your life and obviously each of those take a long time to get down pat but the combination of all of it it's absolutely insane now i medicate it oh yeah it's insane <laughs> it's insane it's she like might be translated soon <laughs> i like just float up into the sky. <laughs> it's crazy y'all that's awesome that's awesome um well shall we finish with our last question let's do it so we asked this to everyone um but if there's one thing from your story um that somebody's in a similar situation to you that you want to tell them what is one thing that you would bring into the light from your story and from your situation, I guess? 
Teda jasné. Good. Mm-hmm. I got what you meant. <laughs> I would say prayer. Because when I wasn't going to church, that was like the only type of relationship I had with the Lord was because of prayer. And throughout all of this, that's been my only constant. Like a lot of people came in and out. Um, but obviously, Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, are not going to go anywhere. And that's how you speak to them. And my relationship with them is not like scary beings in the sky I'm sitting here asking things for. It's very much like sitting down talking to you guys mm-hmm. and saying, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need. You know what got me to this point. Prayer doesn't have to be, I'm thankful for this. Can you please bless this person? Bless this food and nourish and strengthen our bodies. And bless that well, bless the missionaries. You know, stuff like that. You can still do those. Prayer does not... The amazing thing about this church is our prayers are not scripted. Some other churches they are. And you know, that's their business. But, like, prayer is as open as a conversation as you have with your best friend. And to me, the Lord is my best friend. <laughs> so when I, I close my eyes and I say my prayer, it's not like, this is something I have to do. It's like, you know what I'm going through and I need advice. I need therapy. This is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sit and I, and I journal and I listen. After my prayers at night, um, I sit with my journal and I write down what I feel. And a lot of times I feel like I'm writing down my feelings and I'll look at it the next day. I'm like, this is divine direction from the Lord for me. Yeah. So I would say if there's anything I want to bring into light, it's prayer is not scary. Prayer does not have to be formal. And Heavenly Father is not going to get mad at you if you don't say a prayer the right way. He wants to hear from you. And also in that, he wants to hear the good and the bad. Like, it's so easy to pray when your life sucks and you, like, really, really need help. And I'm like, Heavenly Father, I want to die. I need help. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going to pray. But when I'm having a good day, sometimes I just want to pray and just be like, I'm so thankful right now. Thank you. Like, the Lord wants to hear it all. And in doing so you make the relationship more tangible and make it more constant. Hmm. So, that, sorry, that was like a long no, answer to that. That is perfect. But prayer is literally like, prayer saved my life. And it can save anybody's because a lot of people feel like, well, I haven't been to church in a long time. I don't really know how to get back or I don't want to go to church activities or I don't like my ward. Like, these are questions. People message me all the time. And I'm like in my I'm like sending voice memos all the time to strangers on the internet about like church. <laughs> um, and I'm not Love even that. kidding. If you guys saw my DMs, like you guys would laugh because like people always think like DMs are like guys sliding in, like trying to like <laughs> hook up or like say no. Like my DMs are full of missionary experiences. <laughs> but like a lot of people say, like I haven't been to church in a long time. I don't know how to get back. I don't feel like reading my scriptures, or I just like everything like that and not feeling worthy to like receive blessings. Yeah. And I tell everyone the same thing. I said, just pray. I'm maybe this isn't like the best advice. Maybe, maybe if the church saw this, it would be so pissed at me, but like you don't necessarily always have to come to church. If you don't feel like you're ready, mm. like everything is on your own timing. And that's why I said everything is personal and everything about your spiritual journey should be sh- selfish. So like, if all you can do is pray, just do that. If that's, like, while you're driving and you're, like, this is the only time that I can pray today, or if it's, like, your head is hitting the pillow and you're barely even, like, figuring out what you're trying to say, the one thing you can always do is pray because you don't need anyone else to do that for you. Mm. I love it. I think I think there's a theme 
that I've recognized as we interview all these different people is that, well, one, first of all, I had the thought that isn't it great that we have access to the greatest and most perfect therapist in Heavenly Father. And he's free. <laughs> and he's, and free. he's free. He's free. No copay but, necessary. But he's free. But two, really something that stuck out to me is there's there's nothing better than having a relationship with Heavenly Father yeah. and, and our Savior. There's nothing better than that. And when you have a relationship with Heavenly Father and with the Savior, you end up having a relationship with yourself and with the people that you love around you. Everything falls into place because there's nothing better I love it. I know my Jesus. confidence was like, shoop. It was crazy. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. God is it. good. God is oh, good. That was amazing. God is good always. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I really this is so fun. loved it. It was so fun. <laughs> I'm over here on the mic. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Every time she says sorry, she looks over at the camera. Like, this, is sorry. Like, this is like the bloopers to the office. I'm like. <laughs> y'all see that <laughs> no um, we appreciate it rachel we really do um your we'll put her instagram and tiktok in the show notes do you want to give a quick shout out right now what your tiktok and instagram <laughs> my TikTok is not my own name preface. <laughs> it's not jesus freak girl <laughs> it's turbo wheezy and so that's because <laughs> so, a little way fan, so like pretty me. much low wayne is my favorite rapper sorry this is like a church podcast i love low wayne <laughs> <laughs> and um, the turbo was just like part of a nickname in college. And so like when I made TikTok, it's so crazy now that like I blast my face. I didn't want anyone to know who I was on TikTok. I didn't want anyone to find me. It was like I made it like during COVID. Like TikTok was not what it was now. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use this fake name. But then it stuck because then things like blew up. And so I have like brand deals and the code is like turbo. <laughs> <laughs> so you... the TikTok is turbo wheezy. Instagram is Rachel name. <laughs> so uh, her gospel related tiktok is little wayne handle little wayne yeah. handle easy Wait, to remember we love little wayne i just watched a podcast Listen. about him he's great <laughs> he's gone through I it aaron just, do you need to watch it just watching his deposition <laughs> <laughs> Listen, one day if i get famous i'm gonna preach to that man i'm gonna let him know i'm gonna let him know that he got me <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> one that's day. so funny well, thank you so much again, and thank you for listening um, to our podcast today, and we will see you guys next week. Love you all. Bye. Bye.